Welcome to the Coach Kayo Show. I'm your host, Coyote McKinnon. With me, my co-host, the great Award Ahmed. We're going to be discussing all things soccer. This is our first podcast, and we want to give you a sense of who we are, where we came from, why we're so passionate about this beautiful game, soccer. I know for some of our international listeners, we know the game as football. So in between, you probably might hear us talk about soccer, football. Um, it's all related to the same thing. Um, a, little bit of, a little bit about me. I came from Guyana. South America, the only English-speaking <coughs> South American country. It's about 800,000 people in 83,000 square miles. Very underpopulated, full of life, full of natural resources. Uh, it's a lovely country. I grew up in, in a small town called Linden, Kenzie, where I actually started my career. Always had a love and passion for the game. At, yeah, at three years old, I, I, I started playing soccer in my town. Just enjoy kicking the ball around. At six years old... I decided to join my first my first club, Hurricane, back in the day. A nice little community club where all my friends, my neighbors, uh, we all played on a field just outside of my house. And this is where the dream actually began for me. So, oh, oh, tell them a little bit about, you know, how you got started, where you're from. And, and yeah, let the, let, the, let the listeners get a sense of, you know, why you are so passionate about the game, sometimes they see they see the action actually on the field, yeah. but they don't really understand where it <coughs> came from. So talk to them a little bit about that. Um, my name is Awel Ahmed, like my partner, uh, Coyote, introduced. I was born in Ghana, Accra, which is in a West African country. My father actually is the one that introduced me to, to football. Our family, we have a long line of football players. My dad played for uh, the be- probably the best team in Ghana, which is um, Hearts of Oak in Accra-, in Accra. And his brother, which is Mohamed Polo, who also played in Ghana, he played for um, Hearts of Oak. So originally, I was born I was born in Ghana, and then after six years old, six seven years old, I came to America. So it's a little bit different compared to you, me coming in, me coming in from another country. And then coming to America, it's a big, big, big difference. But just the family. My family is, everything's about football. Everything is about football. My sisters even used to play football. But <laughs> it's, it's crazy because this is life for us. This is life for us. So did you join, did you kind of like join a club when you were in Ghana, like at an early age? Or you really take to club once you got to the U.S.? Honestly, I, I think... Coming to US, I got to club because in Africa, if you realize it, we play we play everywhere. You know what I mean? Growing up there, we played everywhere. In front of my house, we got like a little it's a lot of sand. So our neighborhood kids, we used to just play there once we got out of school. So after school, everybody, you know, with the slippers, we just two small bricks, yeah, and you playing. Yeah. There's no it's no you just playing. <laughs> yeah. So it's a big difference. It's kind of the same thing with me. I just those kind of just follow my heart. Um Back then, it was just playing, you know, playing for the love of the game. And and back then, you, you're watching games on television and you want to go on the field and kind of replicate what you saw. That was the joy. That was the joy of playing the game. For me, I knew exactly around 11, 12 that this was a career. This was something that I wanted to do. That's something that I was passionate about. Um, obviously, 
growing up in a home with with parents and, and coming from a country where football soccer wasn't something that could kind of set you on a path um, for for goodness or greatness it was oftentimes school or pretty much school <laughs> it wasn't pretty much nothing else um, so I had this passion and, and this desire to do it and I went after it and I got to, to to high school I got to primary school which you guys probably know is was what elementary school here yeah. you know once I got there I started playing with all the boys um, there's oftentimes where I, I was asked to leave the classroom to go and play and you had these teachers would be like listen you'll turn out to be nothing because <laughs> all you're focusing on is just playing football playing soccer you you're not worrying about your books and yeah. you know then it was you know you, you look back now and you recognize you know oftentimes when people don't recognize your passion or they don't understand what is going on on the inside it's very it's very easy for them to make a, a decision on what they're seeing on the outside or what they perceive um, might be uh, a downfall in your life so with that i started playing and and you know more people started recognizing that i, I was gifted i i had a i had some talent so i started playing more games more competition and soon after, I was I was invited to a, a U thirty national team, and I, I guess that's what really you know hit me that I was now representing a whole nation. Um, out of all the kids that were playing, I was chosen, and and that said a lot to me about you know. It reminded me why I was so passionate. It reminded me why I follow what I wanted to follow, even though there were some people that were saying, "No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't do this." But that was it. The same thing for you in a in, in a way where there were so many people who were like, "Listen, you're not gonna do nothing with no soccer. You're not gonna do nothing with no football. You you know you better focus on something that will you know will help help our family or help your life or to help other lives to be." You know where they perceive it should be. Okay, um, believe it from my from my family. I think it was actually the the total opposite. You'd be surprised because everybody played. You know what I mean? Everybody played, so it was more pressure from our families. Like, yo, you need to play. You need to be at a higher level. You need to take it seriously. Like you going around, you you hanging around with your friends rather than training. That's what you need to do. So I figure. I think that element just. Everybody that support the game, I think that was a lot different for me, to be yeah. honest with you. So, like, my father's like, dude, you need to go train. You sitting at home, we know you're good, but are you really good? Like, are you really that type of, are you a next player? Because you know everybody in the family plays. Yeah. Are you ready to, to say you are one of the better players in our family? So, it was definitely, it was definitely different for me because my, my father said it, but my mom was more so the supportive one. Okay. You know what I mean? She's the one like, hey, yo, let's go to practice. Oh, you need a ride to practice. What do you need? You need cleats. Like, she's the one that actually was like, yo, you you got you got it, but you got to push yourself. You know, yeah. and my dad's like, man, do what you, do what you got to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> do what you got to do. So it was definitely different for me. That was, that's totally the opposite. Yeah. But, you know, kind of a way, two different parts. Sometimes it's what bring people together, exactly. you know, and, and that's the most important. That's the most important thing. You can see the difference, though. 
But once it got to that level, um, it was then the youth 50 national team. Okay. It was then the youth 70 national team. But but through that, you know, the, the challenges of, you know, you're not going to be it. You're not going to make it. Yeah, you don't have what it takes. Yeah. You, you know, you're going to amount to nothing. Um, you're too small. You, you know, you're too slow. And all of these things, you, you would have people saying, I know probably they're looking back now, I don't think they understood. I don't think they understood back then how ignorant they were, in in terms of you know trying to stomp on somebody else's dream. You know, you I would have liked for them to be a little bit more encouraging. <laughs> you know, I would have liked for them to be like True. you know show some motivation. Um, but that wasn't the case. But that would also, you know, it, it kind of you know help you to to set a certain standard for yourself. Mm-hmm. Because nobody was going to set that standard for you. So it kind of helped you to set a standard where you had to take ownership. You had to take ownership of your career, how much work you wanted to do. And you you kind of alluded to it. You know, there was somebody there telling you you need to do the work. And on, and on my side, there's somebody saying, listen, don't waste your time with that work. <laughs> so it from that, it kind of created this mentality where you know you have to find it's like self-preservation it's like okay. self-confidence it's like self-belief that kind of drive um this this behavior this this attitude in me that what they're seeing now but having an understanding where it came from might give our listeners you know our our our, our players you know our parents a better sense of you know why we approach things how we approach it um, because on my side I had to fight for it on your side there's somebody that's pushing you to it so once I got to that level and then you're talking about high school playing at a high school level um, you have to deal with with the workload of high schools and the pressures of making sure you're bringing home good grades all the time because if you're not then they're probably going to take soccer away from you or, or, or football as we know it they're going to take it away from you. So you have to try to put all those things together because you're already starting on, 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 on the ground of this is not a pathway. Yeah. This is not a success story. On, on your side, it was different. On my side, this wasn't a pathway to greatness. You, you had to choose to be a lawyer or a doctor yeah. or, or something of that status. But I choose to play this sport. I choose to, to, to go through it with myself, with my self-belief, uh, with my passion, and it was tough. It it was rough back then. It was it was really rough. There's times when, you know, you couldn't go and play and you're crying and, and there's times when I couldn't go and play but I found a way to go and play and then there was a level of discipline that you had to face once you made that decision. Um but all of that kind of build um build this whole person that you're seeing right now. So what about high school? What about high school for you? Like, what was that like playing? Because for me, at that age, I was already playing international. Okay. At the youth level. Okay. So, high school football wasn't the biggest thing for me. Yeah, America's you know, different. The national team playing for my country was the biggest thing for me. How, how high school football kind of transcend or kind of give you a sense of, listen, this is what I have to do and this is what, this is the part where I need to take. Okay, definitely for me, high school, I mean, high school, high school wasn't serious for me, to be honest with you. It was easy. 
like for for me, I felt like I was already good, so it was it was it was easy for me. It was hard because I had to keep my grades to play. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what high school is about. You got to make sure you have the grades, which is which makes sense. You got to make sure your grades are good. You got to make sure you're doing well in school, and then you get to play. So I made sure. Okay, you got to do what you got to do in high school. I went to Benedict's for two years, which is a very prestigious like high school for for football, and then I went to Linden. So high school again for the people, a lot of people that know me, it was it was easy. It was not that big, and I didn't never took high school because I felt like competition was a joke. It wasn't yeah. that serious. Like kids were not that good, honestly. Until when I when I got called on nationally, which was U eighteen, I went back home, dude. Like I felt like I wasted years <laughs> going back home to see what players really are looking like. I yeah. was like, dude, I'm not ready. Like I'm not like I thought I know football, but this is this is really football. The mm-hmm. training, the dude, the mentality, playing in sand, like that's where we train at. We're not even training in grass. We're playing in sand. Dude, two months, three months before I had to get used to, yo, know, just getting my feet to stable enough to to receive a ball in the sand. Yeah. It 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 was a joke. I felt like I wasted years of just playing in this country because it it was like, okay, you're good enough. You know, if you have some talent, you have some Capability, okay, you're good. You're already a high-level player. But I didn't know the work that comes with that until yeah. I went back home, back yeah. to Ghana. What did it do to your mentality to come into leaving a place where this is like a religion? This is this is what you have to do. And then you come into a whole different environment, a whole different culture. Yeah. You know, how how did that influence you? How did it, did it affect you in terms of how you start looking at the game, how you start looking at yourself, how you start, you know, how did you, how did it change your behavior in a way? Okay. Mentality is, I wanted to, to make it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My mentality, seeing people in another country that do, they're working. I was like, dude, this is what I need to do. I don't got no time to, to sleep. Even sleep was like, I didn't need to sleep. Like I'm waking up at 12, one o'clock when the sun is hot, I'm going out running up in the, in the street. Like I felt like, dude, I need to make it. And I don't care what nobody says. I'm doing what it takes. Yep. So sleep, like, dude, eating, like you said, eating. I, I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry. I need to go sleep, come back, wake up, go train. Mm-hmm. So the mentality was, it was different, dude. It's, yeah. it's, it's different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remember, this is the Coach Kyle show. And we're talking all things soccer. Oh, you're, getting a, you're getting a good insight of who we are, what we represent, where we came from. And why we're so passionate about this beautiful game. Yeah, but once, for me, once I made high school and, and I was playing high school and I made a national team, it was now about the next step. Okay. Where do I want to go? And I remember I was like you'd six, I was like 16 years old and they had this Caribbean tournament, this Milo tournament where the best players, the best school players will, will, will come, will congregate in one country, and they will, will play a tournament over over a week. And I represented my country then at U19s, and I was voted the first one, the Milo Cup, I was voted the, the most valuable player in the Caribbean uh, based on that tournament. And that was really the turning point where I really started believing in hard work, in dedication, in discipline, in you know, trusting your heart and trusting what you stand for. And that really, 
you know, not letting the outside noise really influence influence you. Because remember, if if we go back a little bit, I, I spoke about how negative it was. Yeah, you know, yeah, sure. You know, I was small. I was pretty small. Like I was like, <laughs> shoot, I, I'm gonna. I don't see. I don't think I'm gonna grow. <laughs> I was scared because I wanted to play, and you know, you're 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 a boy and 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 an adult. You know, all the person is saying to you, dude, you're wasting your time. Yeah. Don't don't worry with this soccer thing. <laughs> so think about all of that, and then you come to a place and you voted as the best player, and it's like wow, you know. <laughs> I didn't listen to you, mind you. All the signs are there for me to be like, no, you're not gonna make it. Yeah, you're right. But I I didn't allow that, and I look back now, and I was so I'm so happy that I didn't listen to that. I'm, I'm so happy that I didn't let um, the norm or I didn't let what was what was expected to really guide me, to really, you know, challenge, to really uh, stay in my path. Okay. I use it as a tool. I use it as as a challenge. I, I, I wanted to see if I could overcome something. Okay. Now you look back, it's even more interesting because after then, I broke into the, the, the U20 team, the mm-hmm. U20 national team. Then I broke into the U21 national team. Then I broke into the U23 national team. And all this time, one of the, one of the most important thing, the most important thing about me was my discipline. Yeah. And that discipline was, this is what I want and this is what I have to do. Nothing else could get into the way of that. This is what I want and this is what I have to do. I couldn't do nothing else. Like, I couldn't spend time hanging with friends yeah. because that took away from my training. I couldn't stay out late at night because it made me tired and I know I had to go run in the morning. So that kind of discipline, and, and oftentimes when you talk about discipline, it's always about, you know, are, are you talking back to your coach yeah. or are you being rude and, and stuff yeah. like that? The discipline was, are you doing the things that is necessary to get what you want? That's true. Is, are you doing the things, you want this thing, but when you look at what you're doing, is it, is it a total representation of where you want to be? And that is where, you know, a lot of the coaches at an early age um, really, you know, really grab onto with me. So I was always the captain. Okay. I always, like, represented the players. So going back to that, I think it's really, it's, it really started for me where I really felt like, listen, I could believe in myself. Okay. You know, I am not going to be, nobody will dictate, nobody will influence me to do something or to believe in something that I really don't believe in. So this kind of shape, this kind of shape, the person that moved into the senior national team. So before I became an adult, because at 17, I made my senior international debut so i wasn't even an adult yet yeah but the mentality that i had is like i was an adult i was ready i was prepared and i didn't and my first game i wasn't a sub i was a starter you know i'm playing against i'm playing against grown men you understand i'm being hit by grown men but they had this trust and, and and for me now again looking back at it they had to see some level of maturity in me to say he's ready to go on this stage. So 
these are some of the things that, you know, that I went through to become this player. Now, when was your moment that said, okay, I have something that's, that is special. Nobody don't have it. I have something that is special. Yeah, you said this, you said that. You asked me to do this. Now, you had that push. Yes. But with that push, sometimes that push could be torn off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I didn't have the push. Yeah, yeah. So, I had some motivation because okay. nobody was pushing me. Okay. You had the push to the extent where it could now become pressure. Yeah. So, now you had to balance out, you know, is this what I really want to do? Or is somebody actually pushing me to do this? So, okay. talk about that a little bit. Um, I think it started for me probably my sophomore and junior year. So, it's a thing called, because uh, I play high school, it's a thing called uh, ESPN. ESP, yep. sorry. ESP, uh, top 100 players in the nation. So, I was voted in that. That was my sophomore and junior year. So, I was like top five or top ten. So, I felt like... I felt like I didn't really have to do nothing because I really wasn't really doing nothing to even get that. I was just playing and I knew I had some talent. You know what I mean? So I took it, like you said, the push didn't really come until probably my my junior going into my senior year. Because, again, the culture, it feels like if you do a little, you do all, if you're a decent player, you'll be fine. You don't really have to push okay. to get to that next level. Until, my, like I said, my junior senior year, so I was playing for match fit. And then the head coach at that time, because I used to skip practice. I, I, mean, I don't have to go to practice. Mm-hmm. I'll still play. Like, it don't matter. I'm the best player on the team. They yeah. need me. So, at that time, Match Fit was um, sponsored with Chelsea. Yeah. So, we had, um, like, if you're good enough, you'll go to Chelsea. They'll bring you to their camps in England. It was about five of us that we always would go travel and train with uh, Chelsea. Yeah. So, that's why I fell in love with Chelsea. That's why Chelsea is my favorite, my favorite <laughs> team. So, yeah. we went down there. We're playing with England. So, I f- that already made me feel like, dude, I don't need to. Man, I'm better all y'all. I don't really need to train. I'm already good. Mm-hmm. So, I used to start, I used to stop skipping. I skip practice. I do whatever I want. I used to go out to parties. Because the coach is like, okay, you're good. You don't really need to train. You, you're good. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's nothing really out there. So, as a coach from uh, Uruguay, he was my head coach at uh, Match Fit. So, he sat me down because I skipped like two practices. I came to practice on Sunday because I know you got to be Friday. You got to be at the last practice before you you play a game. Yeah. So I'm like, right, I just got to go show one practice and then I can play my game. I'm good. Uh-huh. He's like, dude, you're not you're not playing this game this week. I'm like, dude, we're going to go play PDA. We, it's a high level. It's a college coach. Is gonna, he's like, dude, you miss mad practices. The only way you're going is you got to spend a night at my house. Your parents got to give you permission to spend a night at my house because you've been missing practice. Like, dude, you're not. You're not. I was like, what? What are you talking about? I spent a night. You're you crazy. So I called my mom. I was like, oh, this guy, this guy's not letting me go to game. <laughs> you know what I mean? So she was like, yo, take him. If that's what he needs to do to go to game, take him. Uh-huh. So honestly, I'm not even going to lie to you. That weekend, because I started doing that afterwards, that weekend changed my life. He sat down and we'll just talk about like, yo, you got some talent. But your the environment and the culture, which is America, it's not really... You're not taking it serious. Yeah. And so you, if you hit international, which he was telling me, if you hit international, you're really going to see that you've been wasting so much time. Yeah. Other yeah. kids in other countries are working, dude. And you, we see that you have talent. That's why we're pushing you to go all these trials in England, to go out there, to go play, to mm-hmm. show you what mm-hmm. really other kids in other countries are doing. Mm-hmm. But you're taking it as a joke. 
You skip practice. We don't see you for two weeks. You'll show up to a tournament. You, you're wasting your time, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> dude, that junk, it, honestly, that's what woke me up. Okay. The guy, just somebody that just genuinely cares about you uh-huh. and be like, dude, you got what it really takes. You got to stop messing around. Like, but what, what, what do you hear in there is, you know, both of us, um, it's a lot of discipline. Yeah. It's a lot of work to achieve something. And and that is when we live, when we when we speak a lot. That is the ultimate thing: the discipline. Uh, how much work? How much are you willing to sacrifice? Because at seventeen, <laughs> making a senior national team, it's it's easy. To, it's easy to become arrogant. Yeah, I know you're right. It's easy to be like, yo, I know everything. I don't need nobody to tell me nothing. And I've been through that too. Yeah. Where we all go through it, and and. I went through it, and then they had this Colombian coach. Now, I'm on the senior national team. I'm the captain. At, at, at 16, I'm the captain for the 19 national team. We have this coach from Colombia comes in, and it's a U20 team. This is a U20 team. I'm the captain for the U19 team. So we're playing, we're training, and one day he comes into the training, and he, he's... I think he wanted me to pass him a ball or something, and I didn't. <laughs> and he said something. I was like, who do you think you're talking to? Like, at listen, 16. I'm 16. I'm 16. I'm 16 plus 17. And I'm saying, and the coach like, the next day I'm dropped from the team. Like, it's all over the news. I'm embarrassed. I don't even want to go back to my tongue. You know, and then he asked to see me, and I was like, I'm not going nowhere. you disrespectful. Like, Think about it. I'm 16, 17, thinking I know everything. I'm dumb. Um, I haven't achieved nothing yet. I haven't I haven't done it long enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I have some talent. People recognize the talent. They put it on, on, on show. Yeah. And But I, I haven't accomplished nothing. There's so much more to, to see. There's so much more to learn. There's yeah. so much more experience to gain. But I didn't understand it then. I didn't want to go, you know. And I want, then he keep probing and I decide I'm going to go. And he, he just he just had this sit down with me and he's like, listen, I didn't I didn't leave you on the team because you, you're not good enough. I actually left you on the team because I want to save you. Yeah. You know, it's it's okay to think you're above everybody else. It's okay to think you know everything, but you know, based on my experience, that is a, that that would be a short-lived career. And I'm happy that I listened to that because it changed my entire life. I no longer thought that I needed to be the best player. Right. I, I, no, I no longer had this mentality that, you know, it's all about me. It changed my life. It's always, it changed my life to the point where it was always about my team. Okay. It was always about working harder f- for my team. I didn't, even, I didn't even trust talent anymore. I didn't trust talent. I didn't trust how well I did the last game. It was always I wanted to work the hardest. Of course. And, and it kind of brought people closer to me because they, they started seeing this 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 honesty. Yeah. They started seeing this level of trust. This They started seeing that I valued my teammates more than I even value myself. Okay. I value what was happening around me more than what is happening for me. Okay. You know, it, it kind of brings this, this level of unselfishness. Yeah. And that is that is kind of a nutshell of... What brought me to this point? What brought me into coaching? What, okay. what, what? In fast forward a little bit, what brought me into coaching? What brought me into this, this, 
this this behavior of wanting to give back mm-hmm. because I I saw what it did for me. I saw how it it transformed my life, yeah, and, and then it it bring me to a point where I wanted to give more, not in just in, even in football or soccer, okay. but I wanted to give more back to the community. I wanted to give more back to the the less fortunate. So it pushed me to to a point where I did this crazy run. <laughs> I, I did a run over 50 something miles in one day oh you know looking back now it was the stupidest <laughs> thing ever um, I was half dead I I think I was close to death not even half I was closer to death because I felt like I was I was I was Hulk or something but it was what was behind it I was okay. I was making a run and this all this came from soccer. Okay. This this mentality, this attitude to to do more for others, to give more to others, to give others the opportunity to have something that they might not believe in, that yeah. somebody might be telling them they're not good enough to do. You know, show them yeah. because you kind of beat all the odds. Show them. So do things outside of the box. Do things that nobody expects. Do things that it's not really normal. It's not common. Okay. Because to do that, it sets a different standard. So I decided I'm going to take this, make this run. <laughs> I did all the training I could do, but at, in in some way or shape, this run brought me back to you're not gonna make it, you're not gonna die, <laughs> and that lesson is general in life. Okay. Anything that you're trying to do, anything that you want to achieve, you have to know there's gonna be a force that will try to stop you. It's that is, you cannot change that. Anything that you try to do positive, there is also a force, a negative force that will stop that thing. And and kind of bring me back when I decided to do this. It was like, it made me think though. And I remember having an interview and talking to the person and being like, listen, I know when I'm going to do this run, it's going to be a moment when I'm going to want to quit. And that is what I want. I really want to see how I will deal with that moment. Okay. Because this run was to raise money for, for, for kids who were affected or infected with HIV and AIDS. Okay. So I was raising money for those kids. So I started this run like 6 o'clock. I had a couple of people start with me. And I was going like for the five, first five hours... You know, people were passing up and down on the highway. We have this thing we call the highway would take us from one town to the other. Okay. So we're on the highway and, and the buses are passing up and down and everybody is, the message is going back and forth. Oh, he's coming. He's doing well. Then the rain came. Okay. And I got soaked. Then the sun came and I got dried up, you know. And then, okay, then the sun came. And so I got wet, then I got dried, and then I start feeling sick. Now, mind you, for the first five hours, because I knew there will be a moment when I want to, I will want to quit. So, I it's crazy, but for the first five hours, I decided I'm not gonna drink nothing. I'm just gonna run. You're crazy. I wanted, I wanted to feel that pain early. What? It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy, it is. Right? It's crazy. But I did it anyway. That was the stupidest decision. Uh, okay, ever. okay. Yeah, you know, I'm dehydrated and all kind of thing. I start feeling sick, start getting cramps, but then I still have like about 12 hours more to go. Jeez, 
So the next thing happened is I count I counted six bridges and a culvert when it was really nine bridges and a culvert. So all the time I'm getting closer, but that is the fiction of my imagination, actually far away from where I'm supposed to go. Yeah, okay. So, but I, I kept going, and then my body just started breaking down. Yeah, of course. I started feeling like, I tell people all the time, I can't explain it, but I don't believe that death has any pain. Like, I don't know, I can't, like I said. Like what, your body's shut so, down? You're so numb with the very pain that you don't feel the pain. I don't know if it sounds crazy, but that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. I am feeling so much pain that the yeah. pain numb me so much that all I could do is feel tears coming out my eyes. I don't I don't I'm in so much pain. Jeez. But I can't feel it. Okay. Yeah. It might not make no sense, but I know exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. I'm trying. I, I know what you're I, saying. <laughs> I, I, had to, I had to go through it. Okay, okay, okay. So I'm feeling this pain. But I remember before I even started this run, my goal was to never look behind. Like To never look behind. Keep my eyes on where I want to go. Okay. Where I want to be. Now, looking back, did that came from soccer because there was so much negativity around me? I don't know. But my goal was to keep my eyes on where I want to be. Not where I'm coming from. Not what is happening. Not what has just happened. Just keep going. The other thing was, anybody who joined the run, they couldn't pass me. I didn't want to see you in my review. I didn't want to see you in front of me. Because now you would change my momentum. Now you would make me run faster. Now you would make me want to catch you up. And I wasn't prepared to do that because I was running longer than you. Okay, okay. So if you now come in the race, you got more energy. Fresh, okay. So now you kind of pulling me, and I don't want you to pull me. I want to go at my own pace. So anybody can join your race. So anybody could have joined because a charity run. Oh, okay, I didn't know. So people okay, okay, were okay, joining okay. at different stages okay. to give their support. <laughs> I didn't know. Okay, okay. So I kept serious. going and going and going, <laughs> but I'm going to something here because there came a moment when I couldn't feel nothing. I was so numb. Like I was like my my head was just in cramps. Like I can it just cramps. And okay. I remember the doctor coming up and be like, Listen, you need to stop. <laughs> because you're about to pass up. I was like, I am not stopping. No, I'm, I, I have fever, you know, I'm yeah. trembling, I'm shaking, I'm drinking everything. I don't even know what I'm drinking. I just drink <laughs> stuff. I just people just giving me stuff, I just drink <laughs> it. Dude, and I'm but I'm going. Yeah. I'm jogging. I'm walking. Do you think, you would think that walking is easy? No. Yeah. Not after 10, not after 6, 7, seven 8 hours. hours. Yeah, walking is just like running. But I'm not stopping. I I've, I did not stop. I either was running or I was walking. But I never stopped. And I start going. Now... They start wrapping me up with all kind of things to you know I because I can't feel my hands. It's numb. It's it's all kind of thing happening to me, boy. I like <laughs> yeah, too. But I am looking ahead okay. because my job, and this this happened a couple of years ago. Like my job, 
was to always accomplish what I started. You're right. You know, nobody was going to take me because of my of my upbringing, because of what I had to go through at a young age with this soccer, football, no one was going to de- decide where it ends. I will decide where it ends. So I kept going. Now, by that time, people coming from all over the country. Everybody tune in. So now you have this crew. You have this, this support. Now what it says, if you keep going, the doubters will become the believers. Yeah, yeah. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, you're right. You're right. You're right. This is a, this is a good message, yeah. right? No, dude. I, I <laughs> once you keep going, once you don't give up, once you show that desire to do something, the doubters become believers. So now everybody's cheering. Because okay. after what? My whole continent changed. My body changed. Like you couldn't recognize me. You didn't. I wasn't the same person that started the race. I lost so much weight. Look, I was looking like I'm like a dead man walking. Bro. Like you couldn't recognize me. You understand what I'm saying? It's like it's like I took on. It's like I took on the burden of people who was going through this thing. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I actually was that living too, what some people was actually dealing with. Right. Because you couldn't recognize me. So, but I kept going. And then I remember I came, like, to 40 or 50, an hour away from home. Oh, wow. And that was checkout time. Like, I couldn't move. <laughs> I, my legs were moving. <laughs> But I just feel like I'm dying. I'm telling you, I feel like I'm dying. I'm like, I'm going to die here now, boy. This is the end. This is the end. The doctor came in and be like, you have to stop. By this time, my mother is crying. My dad is crying. My sister is crying. Because they could see the pain. They could see you're a dead man moving. You need to stop. But I can remember in my head, I'm saying, I'm going to keep going. I remember this guy, Guy Clark Beckers. He was the president of my club, Top Twenty. And I know we fast forward a bit, but this, this is our story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is why we're here. We're okay. talking about ourselves. We're talking about where we came from, what we did, how did we get to this point? Yeah. People see all of this, but they don't really understand yeah. where it comes from. So we're talking about that, and we're talking about the stories that that kind of mold us and fashion us. So Clark, this guy now, Clark Beckers, he's saying to me, he's in my ears. He was an army guy. He was like, don't even worry about it. Keep going. You can do this. That, <laughs> he's the only one. Listen, he's, there's, there's so many people around me, but this is the only voice That's that I crazy. can actually hear. That's crazy. He's in my ears. He's saying, don't even, don't even look at nothing. Just look no, down and no, keep moving. No. Keep moving. Again, don't matter what all the negative, negativity is happening in your life. There's always going to be that one person. Yeah. But you have to have the ears. You have to have that readiness. You have to have that belief. You have to have that discipline. You have to have all these attributes to actually hear that still voice that's saying, don't quit. You could do it. You can keep going. And that's all I keep hearing. Keep going. Keep going. Don't worry about no pain. There's no pain. There's no pain. Look how far you came from. Now, at that time, Barack Obama was just just became the president and he had this slogan um what was the Which slogan one? 
Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, yes you, you can. can. Yeah, yeah. So now the crowd starts shouting, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Uh, okay. So this is the whole thing. Mind you. Dude, right, you're nuts. I am <laughs> now closer to home. And these people are behind me. Okay. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Again, doubters became believers. Now they're seeing something that is unnatural. They're seeing something that has never been done before in my country, I know. I don't, I don't, maybe it happens somewhere else, but in my country, it has never happened. Nobody has never tried to clear that highway by running or walking. It's always by vehicle or riding. Never by running, physically running. So, yes, you can. Now, I'm there. And I'm saying to myself, then they start shouting, long distance done, short distance come. Long distance done. That means I've cleared everything. Now, home is right in front of me. I was like, I'm going to do this. By then, it's like carnival. Everybody's out there. Everybody's cheering on. Now my sisters are in front of me. My mother's in front of me. And there's a clear path to the house. Now you think about the horses when they put on the, the blinders. It's to keep them going Go to the end. Don't yeah. be distracted by nothing. Okay. So there's this clear path for me. And I'm going. And I'm going. And every step I make, I feel like I'm getting closer. I'm okay. getting closer. When I got about 100 yards away, mind you, I'm sick. Yeah, I'm surprised you stopped. Like, I'm, all, of this, all of this happening around me, I am dying. I am dying. Everybody's cheering, going good, but I am dying. But I'm going. I'm going. Dude, you're crazy, man. I get 100 yards away, and I took off everything, and I remember, I remember saying to myself, I want to finish how I started. What do you mean? Because sometimes the hardest thing is to finish as hard as you started. Can you finish like it's the first one? Okay. Because life don't stop there. You have to continue living. Yeah. And that should be the last thing you remember. If you finish and you don't finish strong, the last thing you remember is the pain. So you don't want to try nothing again. And, and this sometimes, when I tell players, you know, if you do one hard and you have to do 10 and you struggle from 2 to 8 or 2 to 9, make sure that 10th one is your best one. Make sure that one make you fall on your face. Okay. Because that is the one that will take you to the next level. So in my mind, I had to finish how I started. Now I'm sick. I rip off everything and my mind kick in. I got to the end. The moment I got to the end, I collapsed. I got to the end. I finished. I got to the end, but I collapsed. I said, I said all of that to say this. What that run did for me, it told me that your mind is powerful beyond measure, beyond any limitations, beyond any expectations, beyond any reservation. Your mind is so powerful. That you can do anything that you were born to do. I don't want to say do anything that you want to do. Because not you're not you're not born to do everything. Okay. 
You're born to do some specific things and you have to find that purpose. You have to find that passion. You have to find that desire. But if you find it and it's a, and it's in your gut where it wakes you up, it, it you hurt when you can't do it, you, you cry when you don't get it. Yeah. If you are that passionate about that thing, your mind is powerful beyond measure. Now, you might think as a soccer player that I will have a soccer story that caused me to have this mind where you can't stop me. I don't, it don't matter what you do. Okay. It don't matter what you take away from me. What I have, what I need to present to this world, yeah. nobody, no money, no nothing, no power, no nothing can stop me from doing it. So imagine a story like that outside of the game that I so love. Yeah. I've really molded me into this person that only can teach winning. It don't matter where you come from. It don't matter where you start. It don't matter what your deficiencies are. If this is what you love, there's a place for you. Because there, were, there was a place for me. There was a place for you. There was a place. There was a place in spite of all the negativity, in spite of all the doubters, in spite of everything that has, has transpired, there was a way. And you found it. Yeah. Now, I know I went on about that because that was, that was, that was, a, that was a story in my life that kind of transformed me into a winner's mentality. Yeah. Creating a winning culture. Creating a believing culture. Creating a culture where... Anybody can come in and feel comfortable and know that they can win too. Yeah. Regardless of the status, yeah. regardless of what people say about them, I am able to create that environment because I know how it changed my life. What about what is what is your what is your crazy story? Because that story you sound crazy. is a crazy story, bro. That story that story that story don't to most people don't even make no sense. That's but it's my story. Dude, that's a, that's a, I, I used to lie, bro. I used to <laughs> but funny story, after that I was tormented for like two weeks. I couldn't sleep. Because I just felt like I'm gonna die. Cramps and dude, your, your body shut down. For two weeks, I was in my house. Like I couldn't even come in the street. My legs dude, would just be shaking. Dude, you're how? Oh my god, dude, you're nuts, bro. You're nuts. You're nuts. Well, I was a little different. Like I said, going back, going back home, and then when I got on a, the U18 team, the U8 national team, just living in a, 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 a third world country, dude. That that just changed my life. I'm not even gonna lie to you because there's it's a thing called um schedule light off. It's a thing called schedule light off. So schedule light off is like one area will have light for a day and a half. Yeah. And then the other area don't have light that whole day. So just imagine obviously we take electricity for granted, like, okay, we got lights unless you don't pay your bills or something like that. Yeah. You don't have you don't have lights. But in Ghana, that you you might have night light for like two days, and sleeping with that mosquitoes, dude. Like mm-hmm. that, and on top of that, going to training. So my training, I was playing with Liberty at that time, which is a, a professional team. 
So going to training, it'll take you about an hour. Yeah. So waking up. So again, I have no light. I can barely see mosquitoes biting you. Then you got to wake up around 5, 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. You have to find a way to practice. Again, public transportation is different in America compared to in Ghana. Yeah. You can, can you imagine? <laughs> so me waiting to get to the... To, to the bus, the bus comes at a certain time. So the bus comes like every like 20 minutes. Uh-huh. Bus stops pretty much every corner because they're trying to make money. They're picking up people. You have to get to practice on time. You, Dude, that that experience is getting to training. Now, it took you an hour to get to training. On top of that, you have to train. Yeah. So the coach is yelling at you. You, It's hot, dude. The sun is starting to break. You train for about two hours. We don't have water break. I've never seen in America, obviously that's different. You grab your yeah. water. Yeah. Two hours of training and you not drinking water. The first time I went there, I was gonna die. Yeah. So I went to go grab the water. The coach said, You running extra because you wanted to go <laughs> grab it. Dude, I was like, what is this? This is not this is not football, but just that experience, kind yeah. of like that. I was like, dude, what was I doing? Like, what was I really doing? Me saying I play football. It's totally different in another country. Oh my god. I think that just changed my mentality. I was like, Dude, after that, after because it took me a while to get used to that. Yeah. Dude, after a while, people say I was crazy. It's like how you say you running. I had training. I come home. I had a little oats, my little milk. I, I had training already. We had training for two hours and some change. I'm waking up at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in Ghana. Sun is at 100 some degrees. I'm running about four or five miles. So people in the street like, dude, you're crazy. What are you doing? Why are you running? I was like, I have my headphones. I'm like, dude, I'm training. Like They're looking at me like, yo, you're crazy. <laughs> but that just changed my mentality. I was like, dude, this is what I've been missing my whole life. Yeah. Imagine. Like this is what real football, this is what this is what everybody in the other country, Ghana, Brazil, you know, and um uh your country again. And it's this is what really football is about. Like if you really want to play this game, you gotta go through something. Yeah, you have to go through something. It's just, it's just soccer. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a crazy soccer. Remember, this is Coach Kyle's show. I'm here with my co-host, the great Awal Ahmed. We're discussing all things soccer. And we just sharing with you who we are, where we came from, and why we're so crazy at times with this beautiful game of soccer. You hear the stories. You, you hear the sacrifice we would have made. And all we're saying is, listen, if you want something bad enough, you gotta go through some things bad enough, and you have to go through some of the worst things to be to make doubters to become make them make the doubters become believers. That is what you're trying to achieve. Make your own self move from doubting yourself to believing in yourself. Thank you for tuning in to the Coach Kyo Show. We will be back here next week. Stay tuned.